Master H on the beat. Welcome to another episode of Fufu and Pap. My name is Ajwa. And I'm Nicole. Hey, Nicole. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't believe we're still in COVID. We're we still fighting for Black... We're still fighting, trying to get Breonna Taylor's killers arrested. Still. Like, we're still trying. We haven't forgotten. Um, so, just an FYI... Please arrest the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor. And we I want believe, them in the show. I can't believe that's still a thing. So that's really sad. Still a thing. It's still but, a thing. But how have you been doing in our constant current COVID lives? I'm okay. It's summertime. The weather's great. Um, it's cooled down a bit, so that's nice. But um, yeah, it's nice to see sunlight until late, which is great because um, we've been in darkness <laughs> so long. I know, like, like literally and metaphorically, we've been in darkness. We've been in darkness, so it's nice to stay up and watch. But I think my new obsession is watching The Crown. I know it's an old; it's been around for a while, but I am now getting into it, and I'm like. Why have I avoided watching the show for so long? I know, like, it's amazing. So good. It's funny because for the longest time I resisted. Like I didn't want to watch it because I'm like, why do I want to watch like the history of this this country and this woman conquering and, and taking away other countries' independence? And like I was so resistant mm-hmm. to it. Then when I watched it, I'm actually quite uh, like impressed by the queen and how strong she was as a woman, as a queen somebody so young having to take on such a huge like role and position Mm -hmm. like globally you know so it's it's a really cool it's a really cool show Mm -hmm. it is a really cool show I'm really impressed with it and um it's it's you see her when you see the royal family in a different light and they're not ordinary you and me people obviously but there was a lot of humanity to them and they're just as flawed as the rest of us. So it made, it makes it quite interesting, but enough about the queen and her family. How have you been since our last recording? I love the fact that like it is light later, but it's really hard Mm -hmm. to get my son down to sleep when it's light like this. So that's been a challenge, but we have Mm -hmm. like um, blackout curtains. So it's like really dark in his room, but, the little light is seeping through and he's like, it's not nighttime, mama. (laughs) But other than that, you know, whatever, I'm still, we're still all alive, healthy and safe and, you know, just taking it a day at a time. So time. Can I ask you a mom question? Cause this has always baffled me. How do kids get to decide what to call their parents? Because my mom said when we were kids, she tried to get us, because she wanted us to sound like royal children. She said she tried to get us to say, mama, papa, mama, papa. And then she said, we, such crass children she ended up having. 
and mommy, daddy. <laughs> so how did Hedrix come to call you mama? Because I'm like, I hear him and I'm like, what made him say that? Well, I mean, personally, it's like what we teach him. So we've taught him. And it's also like with his first words, it was easy for him to say mama and mm -hmm. dada. So, you know, he calls me mama and he calls um, Kwame dada. But it's also like at school because with school, sometimes he'd come home and say mommy and daddy, but it's very rare. He's usually like yeah. oh, mama. So it's really what you teach your kids because... And I mean, of course, like it's mixed with whoever's around you. My mm -hmm. nephews, for example, I think they call their mother like mommy, mommy. So I've heard Hendrix say that a few times, but yeah, it's like, I'll say like, oh, ask, ask, go ask Dada. Or, and Kwame will say, go ask mama. So we just kind of like, he's so used to that now. We used now, to call yeah. my, my mom, mommy. Mommy, mommy. <laughs> but I don't want him to call me mommy. It's just it's it's like it's like I don't know scratching on a a chalkboard after a while. You're like mommy, 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 mommy. It just gets you know. So mama is I'm okay with it. <laughs> but uh, you know we're just like we're just like mommy, 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 mommy. And then when I really want to get my mom's attention, ma. <laughs> it's so funny too like now with you know working virtually and um having meetings virtually he'll be fine i'm on the computer on a zoom meeting when i have to talk though i was like today i was so i just felt so like um i was getting hot because i was embarrassed i was trying to make this really strong point about something and he's like mama mama and I'm, like, I'm like yes hendrix hold on and he's like mama it's just like okay you know what i was like i'll make my point later on in this meeting and i just like and then it, he didn't want anything he didn't want it just he just wanted to get your attention that's all 100 percent. so yeah but, um, anyways <laughs> we have our new segment. Yes. We, well, we had it the last episode, but like it's still new. So, yay, let's bring it on. <laughs> so, the first uh, segment is called African Excellence. So, this week, um, it's going to be the British Nigerian actress Beverly Naya, um, who has produced a documentary on Netflix titled Skin. And Skin is an hour long documentary which compiles the stories of Black women in Nigeria who've been treated differently for having dark skin. So they speak openly about the pressures of being defined um, by their skin color. So I don't know, let's see, is it already on Netflix? I haven't, this one Netflix. Okay, it came out, I think, July. ending of June. Yeah, at June 28th, that's right. Yes. So um, I'm yet to watch it, but um, I thought that this was really amazing and very current and, and like timely for mm -hmm. everything else that's going on in the world. So have you watched it? I've watched it and I loved it. I watched it because it's Beverly. Naya. I love Beverly Naya because I've seen her in quite, I'm a Nigerian movie fiend. Like I love my Nigerian movies. If you know me, I've been loving Nigerian movies from 
time immemorial. But I loved her in this show on Netflix, um, on YouTube, which you should watch. It's called Skinny Girl in Transit. And it's so relatable. And so, you know, basically about this young woman who is heavy, heavier, and lives at home with her mom and her dad. And she has this very beautiful, slim sister. And her challenges trying to lose weight, trying to find love and all of that and beverly naya plays her the lead character's um boyfriend sister she was a bitch in that show but she's <laughs> she did a great job so she's worth watching and this um this thing really showed how um dark skin is not seen as beautiful even with those who carry the skin right and how um bleaching is such a big thing in nigeria and it's not only in nigeria it's bleaching is okay. in most of these countries but the challenges that what leads women to bleach and men to bleach and their whole perception between lighter skin darker skin and even she talks about her own journey being a darker skinned woman and how she grew up and how she felt growing up in the new UK now working in Nigeria her challenges with her her color so it's a beautiful documentary which I think everyone should watch and it's beautiful but having said that we're moving into our other segments as we call artists our Afri facts facts are facts that are based on Africa things that we most likely wouldn't know about Africa and for some reason today we had a theme that is based on Nigeria and apparently Nigeria has the highest number of twins born in the world one of Africa's largest countries Nigeria has been nicknamed the land of twins by the BBC because it, it has the highest rate of twin births in the world Numbers show that twin birth rates in West Africa are actually four times higher rate, are higher here than anywhere else in the world. And the center of it all takes place in a sleepy little town in Nigeria called Igbo Ora, where the last recorded figures revealed an average of 50 sets of twins in every 1,000 births. This is why I keep saying I want to marry a Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a twin myself, and my dad is a twin, but I need to find me a Nigerian so then I can have some twins as well, because if they have the highest rate of twins, then the eggs and the sperms are quite powerful. So <laughs> any of our listeners out there who know any single, tall, wonderful Nigerian men, pass them my way. I need who, some twins. You can have a dad bod, because you... you like I don't mind if they have a dad bod, you know. <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, that, that could be worked out in the gym. We can all go to the gym and lose. Yes. And dad bods are sexy. Kale and white. Yeah, dad bods are sexy. We've spoken about. Yeah. I don't know what people are saying. I don't want all that stress with a six pack. And you're like, babe, let's go get pizza and ice cream. And then he's like, no, I got to eat my kale and my rice and my brown rice and my my bland chicken no 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 he's like babe let's go get the pizza we can get extra toppings extra cheese and then what ice cream do you want vanilla chocolate cookies and cream yeah let's get all of that have a binge night that's the kind of you know 
but he'll still wake up and work out. At least his arms are, you know, he's got he's got some definition, but the back. Like he, the like he looks healthy, like he's healthy. I know, I know, like South Africans, um, and I think this is quite common also, like with West Indians, Caribbeans, and other parts of Africa, where like if somebody sees you and they're trying to say that you look good, but you gained, like you you have size on you, you know, they'll say that you're you you're mm-hmm. you look healthy, you look healthy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So a dad's healthy. He's like, a healthy man. Yeah, you look you look healthy, you know? That's he's like healthy. A, like he still works out, but not like he's not killing him like he doesn't he's not striving for abs. Yeah. He, he has a great, but it's not the end of the world. It's <laughs> underneath. How we've strayed from our, our artifacts to dad bots. <laughs> But um, anyways, uh, that, those, that is our two new segments. I think it is time for a little yes. break. So hang yes. tight and we will be right back with our exciting um, guest that we will leave you in suspense for. And uh, yeah, just hang tight. <laughs> about yourself how you got into public relations and the publicist role oh wow um okay (laughs) um that's that's loaded but um so about myself my name is lady may um i actually went to the same school as um adra that's how come we know each other like way back when so and also our families are somewhat related they are yeah, both my both my dad's side and my mom's. So my mom's brother married um, a Hagen. Oh, she's in the UK. Her name is um, what's her name? Agnes. <laughs> she's now Agnes Coleman, but she was okay. Agnes Hagen. And oh. then you know Dina Georgina. Yeah, yeah, Georgina. Yeah, yes. she's pretty much family. So yeah, yes. it's so yes. weird because I was actually telling my mom that I was going to do this um, podcast, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." She's like. Um, wait, is her dad the twin? I was like, yeah, I think yes. so. So we were yes. going into it. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so I'm originally <laughs> no, back on track. Okay. So I'm originally, <laughs> I'm originally from Ghana. Um, obviously, um, I'm in Ghana right now because I got stuck here before they closed the borders. But, um, so I'm originally from Ghana and I live the, between New York city and Tokyo. Cool. So I do, um, so even though we started, so I think you know me as like a PR person or a publicist, but I yes. kind of kind of transitioned more to be called like a connector agency because it just goes way beyond that because we do like marketing and branding. And mm-hmm. I think um, my specialty is just putting people together. So right. it's very easy for me to like, maybe I would have a five or 10 minute conversation with you. And then I just already think of, other people I could introduce you to or other brands I could introduce you to. So that's pretty much um, how um, it kind of started. So it's, we call ourselves a connector agency right now because PR was very limiting. 
Right. Um, so yeah, so I work mostly in the States and in Japan. And the actual plan for this year was to officially launch um, the Rajra company, which is my company in Ghana. Mm-hmm. But um, 2020 came along and said, um, you thought. <laughs> <laughs> you thought wrong. <laughs> 2020 was like, yeah, that ain't happening. So, mm-hmm. um, so that actually kind of paused that. But I still, I think between 2012 and now, we've still been doing kind of like, quote unquote, unofficial projects in Ghana. But we just haven't officially launched here. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think that's kind of like a summary. How I started, oh my gosh, that's a very, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a long story. So it started, oh, okay. So straight out of um, senior high school in Ghana, I, I, okay, this is another, (laughs) so I really hated the school that I went to, but you can't kind of say that in Ghana because it's kind of like a really good school and everybody Mm -hmm. loved it, blah, 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 but I really hated it. So I went to um, Achimoda in, mm-hmm. in, in Ghana, but I was a day student because I just couldn't stand to be a boarder. And right. um, I actually didn't like the school. So in my second year, I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And luckily, my dad was um, very understanding. So he went to see the headmaster or headmistress, whoever it was at that time, and told them that, you know what, we're still going to pay for like her tuition, but she's going to be homeschooled. So I was kind of homeschooled. Ooh. And then I went to school um, and took the final exam. And then literally the la- like the day after the exam, I was out. So I went to New York. Nice. And, wow. um, yeah. So I was in New York and, you know, like I wasn't doing anything. I was just like working retail and stuff, but I kind of always knew that I had, I was really young too, like 17, 18, mm-hmm. but I knew I had the passion and the ability to kind of connect people and organize events and do that. I hadn't done it, but mm-hmm. I knew I could. So I just started creating like proposals and um, I reached out to this company in UK in London, West Coast Entertainment. And there was this guy, like a Ghanaian guy. And he's like, yeah, um, actually I can hire you to do our PR. Oh. And yeah, like literally I was in New York and I was working for West Coast Entertainment in London and he was flying me out every month wow. to London <laughs> to do. And then I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking I could do this for free. Cause at that time I was dating <laughs> somebody in London too. So it was kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like how it started. So shout out to Emilio. Um, he's the one that pretty much gave me, like he saw something in me that I didn't eat. Like I was kind of like playing around with it. Mm-hmm. And so he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and he gave me the gig and I worked with him for like over a year. That's, that's amazing. That's, so that's how it starts, right? That's how it starts. It's like, you just need one person mm-hmm. to believe in your crazy dreams and yep. He was like, I was like, oh, I'm actually good at it. Like, in my mind, I was like, I think I'm good at it. But he was like, oh, the proposal you submitted was so good. Like, you know, we would need you to make more proposals. And then he flew me over to London the first time. And then we had a meeting with, I was able to set up a meeting with, like, Western Union. And Western Union was able to sponsor one of their events. So it's like, that's just how it started. And I was like, oh, like, this is actually fun for me. So if I'm getting paid and getting to go to London every month, like, I'm good. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds like the dream. 
Yes. Yeah, and it was really young too, so mm-hmm. it was just perfect. So, so that's kind of, that's how it started. So the short question ended up being like a ten minute answer. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Well, you've built like quite a brand for yourself, and and there's there seems to be like a lot of up and coming types of companies like this, at least in Toronto. Um, there is like Ajwa, you and I, we go to all these events where there's like a lot of sort of communications type of organizations that set up Mm -hmm. these really cool events. So for yourself personally, how did you build up your own brand to what it is today? Okay. So, um, so my brand, like the company is very personal to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, and that's why it has my, my name on it because it's like, it's just so me in the sense that, um, I'm from Ghana. I lived like right after Ghana, I moved to New York. And then after that, I moved to Japan. I actually went to college in, in Tokyo. So that's why we focus on these areas, right? Because that is, that is me. That's what I know. And I can't, like I said um, before we started, it's like, I don't know any other way to be. Um, and when I was younger, I was really trying to change who, like, you know, you want to fit like what you see or what people think Mm -hmm. it is, but I'm like, you know what, this is who we are. Like, we don't take ourselves too seriously. I mean, we we do what we have to do, Mm -hmm. you know, like we, we, we do what we have to do for our clients. We do when we have projects, we're serious, but if you even see how I interact with my team or how we, like, we just have fun. Cause it's not, I mean, it's not, we're not curing cancer here. I know what we do is important, but we just don't take ourselves so seriously. So it's like, I think that is pretty much how we built our brand. It's like, we're a fun brand. Like I'm a fun person. I don't want to grow up. Like I'm a kid at heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's but a it's, like, thing. it's a great a thing. thing. In this serious world, we need that. Seriously. So, um, so that plus like the different regions that I work in and the things that I'm interested in. So we focus on like entertainment and fashion and culture and travel. And so it's, it's all stuff that is like, I know I'm good at, and I know my team can be good at when I kind of like groom them. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what the brand is. And we're just like, I just really want to stress that we don't take ourselves that serious. I mean, we're a serious company, but we also know that it's all for fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I that's just, that, That's usually like when the best things are produced, you know, when you're, you yeah. don't take it, you take it serious enough that you know it's like a project that needs to be completed, right. but you still have fun with it. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, we still do have clients that are paying you know, they're, they're spending their hard end money on, on us. So we definitely deliver, like we're mm-hmm. serious when it comes to that, but it's like, I sometimes, and I don't want to judge, but sometimes when I see how other like, um, CEOs or founders, like how they run their businesses, I'm like, geez, like it, just chill, you know, like you don't <laughs> want to have a heart attack. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's pretty much like what the brand is. It's like focusing mostly um on the different areas that i'm from like i definitely think i'm a Ghanaian japanese american (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i I love it i love the the different types of personalities that you have because you can be your your it encompasses everything that you are and i do watch your i watch you know i follow you on social media i have your whatsapps i see your whatsapp stories 
And I just see how you are so full of life. You're this CEO, you're a boss woman, you know, but you're so full of life and it makes you enjoyable just to even watch and observe. Right. I, you know, leading to that, I see that you've worked with um, brands such as Koshio, if I'm not mistaken. Solange, we've seen you with Solange, Yves by Marcel, Lance Gross, which I was so jealous when I saw that he was Oh my gosh. And then Conan O'Brien as well. I saw the whole thing (laughs) happening. I was just like, right. That was the girl. How did you get connected to them? And yeah. how difficult is it working with not these particular celebrities or brands, but yeah. how easy or is it difficult working with brands? And what are the hiccups you've encountered dealing with some of these um, brands and names? Okay. Well, wow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for all these props. Now my head is going to be like swollen the whole day. <laughs> Thanks for that. Cause I definitely um, needed those good words. So, um, yeah. So I think the first, part of the question well yeah I did work with Koshio Koshio so so most of the things that you mentioned are more of like the Ghana stuff that I've done which is which is cool yeah so Koshio is a Ghana brand um owned by Nina who is a really good friend of mine Mm -hmm. and I was there from the beginning now I don't work with her anymore but she's still a really good friend and now Koshio is like huge and I Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of her and I love everything that she does but I was with her at the beginning Mm-hmm. And she had, like, she was just a friend and she was just telling me these plans. And I think the thing about me is I'm a really big dr- dreamer. Like, there's literally nothing that you can tell me and I'll be like, yeah, I don't think that will happen. Like, right. you, could, you could literally tell me that, oh, by the way, I want to be, I want to represent Mars. Like, I want to be the PR director of <laughs> Mars or like, and I'll be like, oh, okay, so this is a plan. This is what we have to do. And it's, I mean, it's, it has, it's good size and it's bad size, right? Because it's like, you do set yourself up for a lot of disappointment because obviously you still are living in the real world. But then at the same time, when it does happen, you just feel so proud, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so when Nina Nina and I, Nina of Koshio and I started like, I just came to her with all these big ideas and she's like, geez, like we're a new brand. Do you mm-hmm. think like these celebrities will want to work with, because one thing that I'm like, like I said, I'm really good at connecting. So every time I just feel like, and this was way back when, this was before like collaborations were what they are now. Like no one was really doing them as much then. So I just think it's always great when you can attach yourself to another person's brand because then you also utilize like their audience, right? So I came yeah. to help like, okay, so yeah, starting out, we're going to do like a campaign, the Koshio woman. And then we're just going to use three different celebrities and they're going to create a capsule collection. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm like, okay, let me just work on it. So then luckily, like I worked on it and we were able to get um, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, Maya, the musician, and Eva Marcel. So the three of them were able to create pieces from, from the brand. Oh, um, the other stuff, yeah, like the Solange coming to Ghana, Lance, Eva, and then Conan. It's just through networking. Like, I don't even know. Well, the Conan one is a separate case because that one was just magic, honestly. Like, I, there's <laughs> no other way I can describe that one. But then the other ones is just networking. And um, 
like I mentioned earlier, like at the beginning of my career, I always thought that to be successful at what I do, I would have to change Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you know, but I'm a serious introvert. Like I'm very antisocial, which (laughs) kind of goes against like what my company does because we're all about connecting. So everyone kind of thinks like, that is so weird that you're able to like reach all these people or connect with all these people and you're like anti-social. I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, that's who I am. And I don't really want to change that much because mm-hmm. everything else kind of makes me uncomfortable, but it was just purely networking. And um, I think it's, it's word of mouth, right? If you're just so true to yourself and if you're just like a good person or you try to be a good person, people will want to work with you and people will refer you to other people. Like, it's just very simple. And I, I tell like the different people I mentor this all the time. It's like, you just have to be true to yourself and just be a nice person. Like yeah. it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Like it literally is that simple because everyone is going through something in this right. world. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you get an email or a text message from somebody that you're working with, that you don't even expect like why is my PR person or why is my branding person emailing me asking me how I am asking me how my kids are and it's not even an act like I actually I'm curious like I want to know how you're doing like those little things just build your network like like, I don't have any other secret potion like to (laughs) it's simple as I I just think it's as simple as that and um for Kona's own, it was just magic. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. I just literally sent a bunch of cold emails and they replied. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. And Conan, I, I, re- I remember that him, him being in Ghana and like he yeah. was doing this kind of thing too where he was going all over the world. Right. Um, but he's just so funny. And so that's pretty amazing that you were able to yeah. get, to you get him there. I yeah. had a heart attack when that <laughs> like I'm not even exaggerating like you guys are laughing like I'm joking but it's like le- legit I almost had a heart attack because it was it was the year of return happening and I work really closely with the Ghana ambassador in DC so he was telling me about the year of return before anyone knew about the year of return like it was happening blah 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 and he's like oh do you have any project that you're working on like, you know like we can link it with the year of return and I was like hmm let me think about it and I'm a huge Conan fan. Like, yes. if you know me, you know, like, I'm a huge <laughs> Conan fan. So, and I know he does these, like, without borders, like, yes. shows and stuff. So I was actually, I think I watched the whole thing on Netflix, like, again, like, for the maybe the fifth time or something. And then I was like, so I called my brother right before me, Jerry, and I was like, um, what about if Conan went to Ghana? Like, right now, it even sounds so ridiculous thinking about it but I was just like and he's like that would be cool yeah and I was like okay cool so then I just made it my agenda for the Monday after and I just emailed everyone on the Conan team I was like it's the year of return we need you to come to Ghana you haven't gone to Africa before is the like the ambassador is inviting you the ambassador wasn't inviting him but I was like I was like just come blah 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 and I didn't hear anything for like weeks so I was like you know what it happens you know when when you do this enough times you know that you sometimes you won't get replies so I was like okay it's one of those things and then I got a reply and they're like oh we're actually interested but we're going to Australia so when we come back maybe we'll look into it 
Wow. I called everyone. I was like, oh my gosh, this could happen. It could happen. And then I didn't hear from them again. And I was like, well, it was good while that lasted. And then <laughs> we came back from Australia and they're like, yeah, okay, so we're ready to go to Ghana, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, um, can you produce it? I was like, can wow. I produce it? What kind of question is this? Of course I can produce. <laughs> You're like, I will find a way to make I this used, happen. I was like, what, what kind of question? Like, what? Of course. So then we did that. Yeah. So that was like, that's still one of the best things that I've done just because it shows how magic still happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like you hear it all the time and it's like, there are some projects that I've done in the past that were magic. Like, I don't even know how they happen, but Sometimes your mind plus imposter syndrome just makes you oh, think yes. everything is like was a fluke or it was just like a one-time thing. So when that happened, you're like, oh, okay. So hard work still pays off, you know, yes. like crazy stuff still happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it's like the sort of like the simple things, like, like what you just said, hard work pays off, just sticking right. to something there's no magic potion. It's just yeah. hard work that really gets you there. Yeah. So is there, is there any um, celebrity or person that you would really, or brand or, or anything that you'd really love to work with that you haven't already? Um, let me think. I think number one will probably be the Obamas. <gasps> yes i oh would love goodness. to do something with the obamas like for sure for sure let me think who else um let me think of brands um yeah or even like like a fashion line or anything that you yeah, are really know, interested in i know i know this like I, there's probably like if i go on my vision board right now i will probably see it but i don't know why it doesn't come to mind but um Definitely the Obama's fashion brands. I just, it's weird. Like, I feel like I'm at a point now where it's like the big fashion brands and even like this big celebrities and stuff, it's all good. Like, that's Mm -hmm. all fun. But I kind of want to bring like the underdogs to the forefront. You know what I mean? If I could do a project where it's like I could get like a, really underground brand in Ghana or wherever or in Japan or whatever and then just have them just blow up right on a global scale like that would be pretty neat like yeah Yeah, no that's pretty amazing yeah I guess um it's really rewarding too to be able to know that you are like a contributor to a brand or a person's success right right? yeah it just feels good because Mm -hmm especially when you know someone's worth and then it just seems like the world hasn't seen it yet or you're just Mm -hmm. like geez what are you like look here and no one and then you see these garbage brands that just do like random t-shirts and they get like it just gets annoying a little bit but I think we're definitely moving in the right direction with the whole Black Lives Matter stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you know attention is being drawn to things and people and brands that really have been needed that attention so yeah i think i'm i'm very like positive that we're definitely moving in the right direction maybe one day when we are you can when we can afford you you can bring (laughs) swim pop to the forefront (laughs) i know because you guys are definitely doing like amazing stuff like i just love it thank you it's so nice to hear we're trying we're trying it's 
but, but that's all it takes, right? You have to be on the field. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You really need to be on the playing field instead of being on the sidelines and just commenting, you know? It's like you have to be out there doing yeah. something. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with Lady May with more with more questions. So stay tuned. Girl, after you get over, over, over. I don't really care if you're older. Baby, call the rest from the shoulder. Oh, no. guys welcome back hope you enjoyed our little short musical interlude so we're back with lady may so nicole you want to take it from here yes i will and so so you did mention that you are sort of like um you're in three different countries usually in the u.s in ghana and japan so do you plan or do you see yourself and your your company and your brand expanding into other countries and what do you think could be the challenges and perhaps also the good the joys of working in in other countries well that's a good question i think um definitely i would want to work in different parts of africa So like I mentioned earlier, even though like we have done stuff in Ghana, I don't really see us like we've officially launched here yet. Mm-hmm. So that's actually like a goal to, you know, launch here. And I'm from Ghana, but I've been outside Ghana for like a while. I'm not trying to age myself, so I'm not really going <laughs> to. <laughs> but um, it's, diff- it's difficult doing stuff in Ghana. I can't mm-hmm. even lie. And I'm from Ghana. So I just know that if I was to do stuff in like maybe a Nigeria or a Senegal or a South Africa or Rwanda, I will definitely have some issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think it is because it's Africa. I just mentioned that because like those are the places that I want to do it. It's just like different cultures and different mm-hmm. practices and and just how stuff is done. And I'm not really familiar with it. And it's the same, like when I go to, when I try to do stuff in Japan, you know, they have their good sides because like they're very efficient in in the sense that they like stuff fast, but at the same time, they also have like a really long, (laughs) they're long, like it's like, it's always a process, like you have to pass through this and this and this and this and this and this, especially when you're a foreigner, Mm -hmm. but, so it's just like just learning and knowing who to go to and just kind of like being very connected. Um, one thing that I will say about Ghana, and I, I hate saying any slightly negative or not very favorable things about my country, because then people try to come for me. <laughs> but relax, <laughs> but, it's all uh, perspective. It's all perspective. Yeah, one thing that um, kind of bugs me a little bit is the... There's a little bit of sexism in mm-hmm. Ghana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that at all. So it's like, even though I know what I'm capable of, I know what I've been able to do in the past, is like almost when you come and you're a woman at first, they're like, oh, okay, like what does she have to say? Mm-hmm. And also because, like I said, I am really a kid at heart. I 
there's a even though I'm, I'm pretty sure if they really know how old I am they would maybe show some respect but then I come off as like very young yeah and how, so so you know so there's that ageism sexism angle there a little bit in Ghana so it just makes things a little bit difficult mm-hmm. but I I see things starting to change a little bit I'm just hopeful that it really goes full throttle but I think those are the main issues I will have. I don't want to speak about any other like African country. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because I'm not too sure and I don't want to get into trouble. Yeah, no, you're trying to, um, and, and it's, it's fair. It's like really business acumen where you're, you know, you're keeping all your sort of your, your foreground safe because yeah. you don't know who your next client's going to be. Yeah, you, I really don't know. And I can't really, one thing that I like is actually a pet peeve of mine is when people speak on things that they don't know, like really? I don't know it. So I can't, I mean, I can assume or I could just speak on what I see on like a Twitter or Instagram or whatever, but I don't know firsthand. So I can speak on my experience in Ghana, Mm -hmm. but I can't speak on what my experience will be in Nigeria or South Africa or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but those definitely, I would like to expand in Africa for sure. And, um, I, maybe other parts of Asia, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not too crazy. Let me just say anything. Yeah, so those <laughs> those, those are the areas that I want to concentrate on, yeah. I mean, I totally understand because I lived in Ghana when I graduated university. I pretty much packed up the very next day and I moved to Ghana. Wow. And it was it was challenging working as a woman and I was in sales. My first boss, well, my second job was in sales. And I remember when I went for my interview, my boss was like, "So, if one of our clients, a man, asked you out for dinner, what would you say? You know? And I was just like, um, I'll say it's strictly business. He's like, no, I would open your top up a little bit, show off some wow. for sales. And I was just like, so I can't get sales using my brain or using my no. you know, speech. I have to use sexual, you know, advances to get a sale. So I realized that in Ghana, like even working in sales, working, I had another boss who was, who was very well known. And the way he would even talk to women clients, yeah. female clients, was so condescending, almost like they didn't know what they were talking yeah. about. Yeah. But the way he would speak to male clients was very professional, very businesslike, very respectful. So it was some of the challenges for me that coming from this part of the world, coming there was just like, okay, this is too much. And it did put me off Ghana. I love my country. I grew up there. This is my spirit and soul. I would want my kids to be raised there. But those little, little things do. Yeah, those little things really do. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and one thing that, oh my gosh, I can't stand. And every time I bring it up, even to my girlfriends in Ghana, they seems like I'm being too picky but when a guy in a business setting mm-hmm. says yes dear oh, okay um, yes oh my gosh like I'm just like can you not like mm-hmm. just don't do that because mm-hmm. my thing is, will you say yes dear to a like a male mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no like you wouldn't so why is it like oh, it just always has to have that really friendly or really almost sexual undertone. It's, it's a little bit disgusting. 
honestly. It is. It really yeah. is. So you've talked about your, your brand connector. You are a people connector. You're a business connector. You connect okay. different people. Are yeah. you the person who would work regardless, will work in any industry at all? Or is it more, you did mention you do prefer in, um, entertainment and fashion, but are you open to um, work in tech or in um, yeah. oil and gas and what's not? Um, so actually one of our clients now is a tech client. So we do a lot of tech, actually we do tech, we do video games, we do pretty much oh, anything cool. that I know I can lend our expertise to oil and gas. Um, it depends on what it is. Like it may need to go, we may need to learn up on it because I mean, I'm not embarrassed or shy to say that I don't know that industry now, yeah. but we also like we're also pretty smart and we have a good team of people that I know that we can learn up on it if we had to do a campaign or mm -hmm. something so yeah we're definitely open to different brands you know we you just have to keep an open mind in this right. day and age you just have to mm -hmm. so yeah we're not opposed to any industry it just has to make sense I wouldn't go and do something that is totally against my brand like I won't do I, for sure, I can tell you right now that I won't work with any company that is like anti-LGBTQ. Right. I wouldn't do anything with anybody that is anti the gay community, anti, like, I won't, I won't, I'm sorry, like, we mm -hmm. just won't do it. No amount of money will make us change. Mm -hmm. um, I can't do anything that is, work with any brands that have had a history with like, um, mistreating women or mistreating minorities like mm -hmm. you just have to have a conscience i think and yeah definitely and be because we're such a small team and because it's so personal to me i just can't like i can't i can't be detached from what we do so yeah I and i think i think it goes back to what you said about being like just being who you are and being genuine Right. Um, and because, you know, you'll, you'll feel it in your sort of like moral compass if you're doing yeah. something that's against the grain and against things that you truly believe in. So, yeah. And it's uh, like, can, at the end of the day, can you live with yourself? That's exactly, my exactly. Like, can you go to, can you go to bed at night, sleep peacefully to know that, you know, what you put forth was really something that you believe in right. so because i don't know about y'all but for me my biggest enemy is my mind my yes. mind is very mean to me sometimes so it's like yeah. if i know it, i'm in my bed by myself in the middle of the night and you're doing something that you know isn't really what you stand for but you're getting a paycheck it's like is it really worth it yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh, speaking of paycheck, during this um, during this uh, like time of COVID, you know, it's yeah. obviously put a standstill on a lot of business businesses. Yeah. So since you've been in Ghana, due to due to COVID, sort of being stuck yeah. in Ghana, how have you sort of diversified your business, and what are you finding challenging working during these times? So um, that is a really great question because. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so to start with first of all 2020 why i don't know what we did <laughs> like sorry every day i'm like when i'm talking to my brothers in our group chat i'm like sorry 2020 for anything that we did we will pacify you in any way just let us free. but okay so 2020 was going to kind of be like a major year for us Mm -hmm. I'm sure like for many other people, right? It's like yeah. 2020 is coming and 
Um, so anyway, 2020 happened and we were supposed to, we're gonna, we were, we were going to work on the Olympics. Wow. Going to do a bunch of stuff following the year of return in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we were actually going to launch our Ghana office. We we're actually going to break ground. We were going to build an office. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and 2020 was like, no, you're not. So, <laughs> so that happened. So yeah, so definitely business, we had to pivot. I hate that word because it's like, I've heard it 3 million times since February. Like you have to pivot, 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 but we definitely had to pivot. And we had to change the direction of everything that we had planned, right? So obviously Olympics got canceled, mm-hmm. um, all the experiences, because another, we haven't really spoken about that, but another branch of the Rajwa company is the Rajwa experience where we mm-hmm. organize, we curate trips for individuals and groups um, in Ghana and in Japan, right? So mm-hmm. we had to obviously no one is traveling anywhere. So we had to stop that. So that definitely affected um, our cash flow. But luckily, well, unfortunately, or fortunately, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. we got a whole bunch of clients that really don't know how to speak to Black people. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that became a, a, a whole other angle that we didn't even like, it was never an issue. So then we started getting like, you know, referrals from people wanting to know how to message like to, so that black people won't get offended. Um, so that Africans wouldn't get offended because everybody was getting in trouble, man. Like mm-hmm. if yeah. you make one mistake, you're getting in trouble. And, and these days with cancel culture, like getting in trouble mm-hmm. is not just getting in trouble. Like you're losing sales. Mm-hmm. So, so that definitely became um, a new way for like something new for us to do. Um, another thing that came out of the woodwork, we're not really seeing um, revenue from that yet. But one thing that we decided to do was, um, I think it was in the months of April and May, we decided because everyone was home and everyone was bored, we decided to release um, a game on our Instagram page every day. So oh, I wow. think we started like um, first week of April or end of March or something. And then we went up to June 30th, every single day. And these are games that we were creating ourselves, by the way. That's so cool. we did that and then people were playing. But what we found out was that the people that were playing were mostly Ghana Gen Zs. Ooh. And we had no, like they were not even on our radar for anything to do ever. Like I have, um, study Gen Z's for like a while, but mostly Japan, Japanese Gen Z's and Korean Gen Z's and um, American Gen Z's, but never Ghana Gen Z's. It just really was never came up. But then um, when we started seeing that a lot of them were playing the games and then I just started seeing how they, so it's like they'll play the games and they will tag us and then I'll go on their page and just see how they act. Like, and it was just Mm -hmm. so interesting to me. Like, their trends and their behavior. So I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we decided to form another entity under the Rajwa company called the Rajwa Army. And it's just mm-hmm. for the Gen Z's in Ghana. And Very so cool. what we're doing is um, we're providing assistance. So personal um, assistance, um, academic assistance, and professional assistance. If they need like any advice, 
mm-hmm. anything. Like we're just there to help. And we wanted to kind of grow into like once schools open and once like life goes back to semi-normal, mm-hmm. we would want to be in like the, all the schools in Ghana. So almost like a group. Like yeah. if you remember how like the Girl Scouts was and all yes. that how we want it to be so it's gonna be and we've been it's been interesting because um the Ghana Gen Z Gen Z behavior is different from the U.S. and Japan and Korea but they are their own they have their own strengths and we're learning and we're providing support so that is actually growing way faster than we thought it would grow so we're not making any revenue from that yet but I mean, we do have some great plans in store. So that's kind of like one of the major ways that we've been able to shift yeah. uh, with this whole COVID stuff. Did you, see any, did you see any sort of like interest in more digital sort of campaigning um, yes, because we're did. all online? Yes, we did. So a lot of like the brands that we worked with wanted to do like more like of the virtual stuff, the Instagram stories, the Zoom stuff. Um, and we were also doing a lot of that. But to be honest with you, we had, I think it was in March. So March is when the borders closed. So, and then April is kind of like when we were getting used to life with Corona. Yeah. So we came up with, oh, like one night I came up with like a whole bunch of like digital stuff that we can do, like Instagram um, lives and this and this. And I was like, no, you know, like it was just so one thing that we pride ourselves with is when we do stuff, it just comes like natural and it's so free Mm -hmm. and it's so easy. This seemed forced. Like it almost Mm -hmm. seemed like everyone is doing Instagram lives. You need to do Instagram lives. What are you doing? People are going to think you're not doing anything. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so we had a whole bunch of stuff lined up. And then one day I called my team. I was like, yeah, we're scrapping everything. We're not doing it. (laughs) Like that's it. And we just, and I, I, I'm okay with it. It's like, it would have brought like attention, but it's not, it, it just seemed forced. Right. Anything that seemed, seems forced to me, I'm just like, nah, it may end up being whack. Cause the thing is, if you do stuff that you actually believe in and you like, and it seems easy, even when it fails or it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, you're okay with it. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah right. you know what? But when it seems forced and it feels like you're being pressured to do something and it fails, you're like, ugh. Why did I even waste <laughs> my yeah. time doing, you know? So that's, that's, um, we definitely saw a lot of campaigns, but then when we do get requests from clients to do that, of course we will do it. You know, obviously we will advise on what we think is the best, but we will do it if that's what they want to do. But as a company, we definitely like scaled back on the virtual stuff. Yeah. I mean, with COVID, like we've, like, there's been obviously a lot of, um, tragedy and sadness because people are losing their jobs but there's yeah. also been a lot of silver linings with yeah. people like especially creatives I find artists Adjo and I talk about this um, we've spoken about this before where people have really found either like their passion have had more yes. time to dedicate to their passion so yeah. there's a lot of silver linings too to that's this um, to this that's pandemic a, that's a good way of looking at things because um COVID and everything else can really make you go into a deep, dark hole if you don't mm-hmm. take care. Oh, yes. so it's definitely a good way of just putting everything in perspective. Like, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we're going to take a very quick break because our conversation, again, is so engaging. I feel like I need a smear off, but it's still <laughs> only 11 o'clock here. So um, we it's will take... in Ghana, so Smirnoff is okay. <laughs> I give you permission. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to go grab one then. Um, we will be right back. which is as you can see this conversation is so engaging i'm loving every moment of it and lady may thanks for coming because you know based on your last the last thing you said about how your business has unfortunately i have to use this word pivoted to, <laughs> <laughs> to now you're dealing with these gen z's and what's not it's so funny how as nicole said it's silver linings right but it's forced us to enter into areas of our businesses, of our lives that we didn't think we would ever go. So it shifted us and our gaze, you know, and I think maybe it's the God's plan that, you know, he's like, hey, you're going this way. Your path is actually this way. So I'm going to put you on hold and yeah. then force you to go the other way. So that's the blessing in all of this. But, Having said all of that, we see what's going on globally, North right. America, um, in Canada, wherever you, you talked about this Black Lives Movement. I know that sitting in my little corner, I'm like, I really don't know if I want to raise my children, my future children here. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, Ghana, Africa, the continent is looking so... Um, good right now <laughs> good right now literally i'm like huh, maybe what can i do to move we also know with the year of return with a lot of after i was in ghana during the year of return yes i we, saw you yes you saw me i didn't see you which yeah. sucks, but we're in the same places at the same time but it's amazing how we had this influx of african americans and not only african americans we had africans from different parts of the world, we had right. even white people, Asians, everybody. And a lot of people are thinking of coming to the continent. We right. also seen more um, African-Americans considering that, hey, I can go back to, I could go to Africa and live a life that is way better than I'm living. So yeah. you're, you've been stuck in Ghana since March. You clear, mm -hmm. and you go home often, because I do see your- um, yeah. What advice would you give to anyone thinking or planning to move back once things are, at least we know whether the, when the borders open, what advice would you give about even business, setting up, moving? What would, what are your thoughts on that? I think, I, yeah, I'm definitely for doing it in the sense that just looking, so on the business front, but then it would also help you in the private side of things is Africa is the youngest population in the world. So it's like we, this is where it's at. Like we're going to be seeing a whole bunch of investors, a whole bunch of new businesses. Like I, 
almost see like just from the reading and the research that I do and the trends and stuff like that, we will, Africa will be leading the, the world in culture and influence. I really believe that. So I think, you know, if you want to come, I don't see any downside ex except for like, it will be difficult the first few months to adjust, but you will adjust. And it's like anything else, anywhere else, you know, it's like, I have no, um, I don't have any minuses to say. I think it's definitely smart, even if you're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's great to look into property. I think it's great to look into land um, out here. It's just, I mean, and if they are return taught us anything is that Ghana is ready. Like, you know, we're ready for, I mean, okay, we have, we're very, very, very close to being ready, <laughs> but, but we're getting there. Right. So it's like everyone that I know, we had a bunch of like, um, experiences that we curated last year. Everyone loved it. Everyone wants to come. Everybody, everyone was trying to come back actually this year mm -hmm. before 2020 said no, but everyone like just really loved it and i really don't see the downside it's just going to take a whole bunch of getting used to but everything is fine like i've been in ghana since march mm -hmm. into it i like i do my calls i mean the time zone is a little bit crazy but it's not that mm -hmm. bad because you know whatever like when i'm not in ghana i'm probably in like working between japan and the states when the time difference is worse so it's not that crazy mm -hmm. but the internet works um doom saw which is like when the lights go off yeah. is there is i mean it's not totally cured i mean it's secured it's not <laughs> totally fixed but it, it is better mm -hmm. so yeah it's i i have no problem telling anyone to come to ghana like i actually feel very confident a few years ago maybe five years ago i would have said stay because um i was here five years ago and it was one of my worst times in ghana because that's when doom saw was heavy yes and that made me very frustrated but now i will say if you need to come or if you want to come definitely do it for yeah. sure so um as you are talking about um or you, you sort of mentioned it before that you do want to expand in different yeah. parts of the world yeah. um what advice do you think you'd give for someone who is setting up a business that sort of like deals on an uh works with an international audience like i can imagine there's different like legalities for different countries and things like that so what sort of advice do you think you'd give for somebody who's kind of just starting to explore that idea i think you should definitely get a very very trustworthy person in whatever country that you're going to do mm -hmm. to work in like that's number one because you can't do it everything yourself and you don't know you don't know like you literally don't know what goes on right. so you may think that you've read and like it's so funny to me when people are like oh yeah i'm coming to ghana and i read on this thing i'm like sorry for you throw everything that you read away it doesn't matter like it doesn't you just need someone that knows the in and out of doing everything because if you were and unfortunately like this happens in ghana but i know it happens in other parts of the world where it's like, for example, let's say you want to register your company. Or let's say something that's even far. Let's say you just want to get a passport, right? If you go to the passport office in Ghana, mm -hmm. it's the most frustrating thing and mm -hmm. it takes the longest amount of time. But if you know someone, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. isn't that always the case? You don't even have to go. Sometimes you don't even have to go there. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, it's all about knowing the right people, just knowing, having someone trustworthy mm-hmm. that can do stuff on the ground for you and don't be scared to collaborate or just like work with people. And ask you for help. Do, kind of yeah, ask for help because you can't do everything yourself. You want to either because you think you're going to save money or the, but you end up going to pay way more money because you don't know the right people. So Especially- that's Especially mm-hmm. the amount of time that you're exactly. going to put into these things. So you might as well do it right the first time. Exactly. Right? And then another thing is I would say just be very respectful of the culture of anywhere that you're going to be. It's so important, especially in these times. I think you should really just respect everywhere that you're, you're going to be. You just I- have to. Actually, in our one of the last interviews we did, um, Adju, if you'll remember, we asked Alex about sort of like a similar question. You know, if somebody wants to move to Ghana, for example, like how would you, um, how would you, what sort of advice would you would you give them to acclimatize to the country? And one thing we said was like managing the expectation of like what you can do for that country, as opposed to always you know, having this vision that you're going to move to this country and and things are just going to happen for you. Right. It's also like, how can you contribute to the greater good of of where you're going? Yeah. And also don't come in with some kind of superiority complex and think that because you're coming from the West or whatever, like, oh yeah, this is not how this, like, this is the wrong way to do this, or this is not how we do this here, blah, blah, blah. Like you can't, you can't. It doesn't work here. It's like you, yeah. you're just going to frustrate yourself and give yourself like a heart attack. Like you just go with the flow and just go with any timelines you have because it's not going to happen. Yes. I, I watch shows like 90 Day Fiance and then these, especially the ones who end up with the Nigerians or with right. Africans and they come in. And I'm American and I'm American. And this is not American. American. And they don't do it and they do it. And I'm like, sweetheart, you're in Africa. Right. It's a different dynamic here. Just because we're all on the same globe, there are things that would work in the US, but doesn't necessarily work in Ghana or in Africa. And it's that expectations, or you watch shows like House Hunters International, and you see these people going to countries like, for instance, Holland or the Netherlands, and they're like, well, I want a 4,000 square foot home. And you're like, dude, most of the houses are like 600 square feet. Right. Right. (laughs) You know? And so we all, I think it's something that, you know, we come in and we try to um, create our countries where we're coming from in those countries. And you lose yourself or you lose the opportunity to, and you know, be involved in this new culture and expand. And there's some people who move into these new countries and they are climatized so quickly, you right. know, they're eating Ghanaian food and they're, yeah. you know, quick to, and you're like, wow. Yeah. Like, you just have to let your guard down and just let the country do what it does because you right. are not, I promise you, you are not the one going to create any new way of life in the different Mm -hmm. country and even speaking about like the 90 day fiance and stuff like that like just the example of like nigerians versus Ghanaians, right because nigerians are very like vocal and they'll just they'll just tell you straight up like what you want to do is not gonna happen here just keep Mm -hmm. quiet go and sit in your corner or whatever ghana we are more like quiet or more like i don't know what the word is but 
maybe meek a little bit. So we won't tell you to your face. We will just waste your time. <laughs> so, so, just, so don't even try. Don't even try and think that you're coming and then, oh, yeah, because they said they can do it for me. If, and I'm like, okay, good luck. Yeah. And it, it happened to me. It happened to me straight up. It's like you just end up being like, you know what? Do you whatever you say, I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's how you have to be. Otherwise, you just stress yourself out. Seriously. So yeah. I mean, we're we've reached the end, but before we go, we wanted to first of all ask you. I mean, you did mention that now with the Rajwa Army happening, yeah. but are there any other things that the world can expect from the Rajwa company, from Lady May? Should we, where should we look out for you? Are anything that you're willing to discuss? I mean, if there are things that are still under wraps, but. Um, yeah, we, I mean, definitely um, 2020 kind of messed up our Rajwa experience. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of like really blow that out um, this year, but no. So that isn't happening, but um, we have Rajra Productions too. We have like a bunch of stuff that we're filming. Like we're just creating a lot of like storytelling through um, film that we want to do. So we're going to really focus on that. And it's all in line with every, everything that we do is very interconnected, honestly. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I want to, to, that we're going to do like hopefully next year where we can go outside. Um, So it's just kind of crazy. I can't even believe that like we're living in a global pandemic right now it's kind of crazy (laughs) to think about yeah so yeah that's like all I will say um and then I just want to just go back and I know we're ending but I just want to go ahead you said so many you know nice things about me in the beginning and stuff like that but I just want like your listeners to know that even though like don't be fooled by the entrepreneurship like journey or don't be fooled by these because it's like if I'm talking to you guys right we have like an hour or whatever so we're Mm -hmm. just going to discuss surface stuff we don't go into the real nitty-gritty stuff Mm -hmm. so I, I I always want people to know that as easy or as um just like simple as things look like oh they happened and then it's like and you worked with this person and you worked with this like it's definitely not easy Mm -hmm. so and I'm not saying that to tell anyone to stop on their journey but I'm just saying that so that you know that if it literally is looking like stuff isn't going to happen that's how it's that's how it's supposed to be so you're not on the wrong path like if it's looking so impossible and so difficult like there's, I started having a conversation with you on WhatsApp sometime and we're going to talk about it, but it's like, if people actually saw the tears that I have cried, mm-hmm. like, you know, but people don't see that part. So no. I just always want people to know that it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. definitely worthwhile. Like after you do get accomplishments, you're like, oh, okay, I see why this was difficult to do. But if you're on the path right now and Mm -hmm. you're starting out or you're in the middle and it's just looking so hopeless believe me you're on the right like that's how it 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 looks Mm -hmm. and I'm not even saying this like on a high horse like oh because I've been there and because I know how life is it goes up and down Mm -hmm. so even if I'm having a good year this year or last year or whatever I know that next year or even like it could be bad so you just have to just be 
aware of like just how life is and how business is and don't be too hard on yourself do what you have to do cry if you have to cry take a break i know there are so many motivational speakers and stuff that say don't sleep go blah 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 i, yeah, I, say, no, I can't stand that <laughs> if you want to take a week off i say if you can afford to take a week off and you want to take a week off i say take a week off like mm -hmm. be kind to yourself don't be hard on you it happens to all like i'm telling you i've spoken to like everyone i've spoken to has gone through the hardest of stuff where like you just cry and it seems hard but just just do it man it's like just go for it but don't be just be kind to yourself and well, that's, yeah no that's good advice for us like you know we are we've had this um this vision of of a lot of things that we wanted to do with our our podcast and it's yeah. like we've spoken about with other guests that this is like where our heart is really at and we've had maybe like three or four iterations of this mm -hmm. um but it's so true like we've definitely had setbacks right oh my <laughs> gosh like, it's, it's, and it's hard like people will feel like oh a man breaking your heart is hard no, when you <laughs> go through that, you know, valley, it's you, you I sleepless nights crying and crying. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah because there was one time I used to cry in my dream. I didn't even know it was possible. Like you have you seen some before, like you're sleeping and you're crying and you wake up with tears in your eyes. Have you seen some like that is when I was like, oh, there's levels to this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I, I think we we live in um this is something else that we always talk about is just like the social media influence like that analogy you actually or that example you gave about like you don't see the behind the scenes all the hard right. work is exactly sort of like social media you know you're always putting right. your best picture out there but you don't know what's sure. going on behind the scenes and i do think that like once you achieve that goal of like you know, um, it, it, it's just so much sweeter. It's like right. the, the victory and the joy and, and like the reward is so much sweeter. So yeah. it's so it like the, it, you've been super inspirational and motivating oh, to listen you. to your story and to hear like your successes and also how hard you work, yeah. you know? It's, it's not easy. And I just, and especially now that I work with the army and they're so young, I just always want to let them know, like mm -hmm. you guys, it's going to, you're going to have wins and losses and just be yourself and just be, it's like, it's basic stuff. But if you don't keep saying, cause even I, even though I've seen my low points and I've seen my high points, I still have to keep telling myself because there are days that I'm just like, ah, like I can't mm -hmm. do this, you know, still after yeah. how many years, but it, it just, that is like, and then you have your, your own, set of imposter syndrome situations that is always sitting in the corner waiting for you to be like yeah you ain't you know so <laughs> so, so it's yeah so it's definitely a journey but i also really enjoyed this conversation actually it was fun thank you that's great uh, can i just oh, ask you sorry one last no, thing sorry. yeah because this is so current with um black is king Yes, Beyonce yes. coming out, and and one of my closest friends, her sister was the producer in the Ghana unit. Yeah, okay. And um, what are your thoughts on? Lastly, like, what are your thoughts on Beyonce coming into the continent and collaborating with all these artists? I saw somebody called No Name. I guess she's a, she's a musician, who was basically saying Beyonce coming to Africa was just shrouded in capitalism and 
basically taken away. I might not, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing right, right. but you know, using it as an opportunity for herself. But I saw it as Beyonce putting Africa on the map, giving these people right. opportunities. My friend's sister is blowing up now. Like right. I was talking to her, her um, to my friend, and she's like, yeah. her phone is going off nonstop. Right. And I'm like, she's just giving opportunities. So what are your thoughts on Beyonce coming to the continent to doing this with our artists? Yeah, so even before I start, let me just give a shout out to one of my mentees and my really good friend, Gospel, because he actually filmed the Ghana Oh, wow. um, stuff for like yeah so he did that and I've been working with gospel for for about three years now so I'm so proud of him and I, I disagree with your person the musician lady no name or whatever her name is but uh, and no shade please if you are a fan of no name sorry I don't even I, know who she is this is the first time I'm hearing her I saw it on social media and I was like Who's this? But well, whatever. But I, I think it's like, you know, there are a few people like Beyonce that come in, like, just show up in, in life, right? So it's like, you have a Michael Jackson, and then you have like, I mean, there are other people, but then you have a Beyonce. So I'm pretty sure as great as Africa is, and I'm African, and I love Africa, Beyonce has done all right without Africa. Yeah, she exactly. Need to exploit Africa to get whatever she has. She really did it. No. She, I think her collaborating with African um, artists and stuff like that actually helped the artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it also opened up, it also opened her up to like the audience or the fans of these African artists. So now it's like, maybe people weren't really on Beyonce and now they are, mm-hmm. but Beyonce's platform is ginormous yeah so it's like you i mean gospel's phone is like what you were saying about your friend sister his phone has been blowing up non-stop mm-hmm. to the point that we actually have stuff to do for monday and he's like he's not seeing my messages because my messages are getting drowned in all the notifications <laughs> and the messages that he's getting i was just talking to him mm-hmm. so it's like you can't tell me that you know like she's exploiting come on mm-hmm. i mean Obviously, in any kind of like business relationship or even personal relationship, it's a two-way street. Okay, right. maybe she is benefiting, but the other people are benefiting too. It's like everything else, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, yeah. it's like everything else. It's literally like everything else. Like whether you're my best friend or my boyfriend or my mom or whatever, it's like our relationship is mutually beneficial. Exactly. You know, you get from me, I get something from you. So who cares, really? Yeah, I think too, I think too, like, um, it's exactly what you said, like every, every interaction that we have is a benefit yeah. in, in there's right. something you are getting out of it. And I totally agree with you by saying that like Beyonce was Beyonce before she sort of like branched yeah. into this genre of music, right? And um, right. it is some form of like, and in every, and any sort of, whether it's like highs, lows, good things, bad things, somebody will take a capitalist approach to it. And I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with it. If in fact it is doing something good for the country and the continent and the people right. and the brand and whatever. So it, it's interesting. I've seen, I've read around on the yeah. internet too about like people thinking that she's really exploiting um, Africa. And it's, a good lesson. It's, it's just a good lesson in life that whatever you do, somebody will criticize you. Oh, yes. 100%. Whatever. Because I bet you a gazillion dollars that if she did 
something with the Lion King that didn't have anything to do with Africa, this same person would have been like, you did something about the Lion King and you didn't include Africa. How Like, you can't win. Yeah, you really yeah. can't win people you can't so you can't yeah that's why it's like it it goes back to that you know that really powerful message you said in the beginning about like just being yourself putting your like all you can all you can be is yourself and if you know that what you put forth is yourself you can you can sleep at night because it's true imagine beyonce chose a set in miami as africa and chose like america you know what i mean like people would be upset about that yeah exactly it would have been an issue because and then to be honest to be really honest if you know the fact like if you just know a little like the blackest king stuff right i watch i've watched it like two times already i'm gonna probably watch it three more times this weekend But it's like, there are a lot of, like I said, gospel, I'm really close to gospel. So I I kind of knew this was happening like Mm -hmm. last year, but we didn't know when it was going to come out. Like we just knew that he did something for Beyonce. Right. Right. But if you look at the part that gospel shot of like the, the green dancers and stuff, and then he also shot like some stuff of the cars, Mm -hmm. literally she could have done it without the Ghana shots. Yeah. Yeah. It but she needed to incorporate in it because the stuff with Shata and stuff wasn't in Ghana. Oh. Like, those things weren't in Ghana. So she could have done that, like, with even the the other guys jumping and stuff. All that wasn't in Ghana. It was the guys dancing on the street, and then it's, like, some cars and then some sheep or a goat or whatever and then like that was the Ghana scene mm-hmm. and obviously that added to the richness of the video but she could have decided to not even bother with it but it just like shows how she thinks that she's like no let's do that like he's mm-hmm. Chatawale is from Ghana let's get some Ghana b-roll yes. and you just do it and then you have peace of mind and you do it and then you have people that will judge you or will criticize you no matter what you do you can't win yeah you really can't like you can't win so I don't even bother like yeah you can't listen to people it's just gonna stress you out anyways lady may we wanted to thank you so much this was so much fun it was such a great conversation and we will for sure um we will definitely put your handle and ways to get in touch and view your social on our page and link it to your page so thank you so much Thank you too. Have a great weekend. Yes, and, and enjoy some more Smirnoffs on me, okay? I am <laughs> in my honor. That. So, <laughs> I, I, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Hey guys, so we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back with our final thoughts. we're back i had a blast nicole oh she was like like i was saying i don't know if it was a part of the recording but she's just so like it really feels like you're talking to your homie you know yeah i I really all you know i have to i have to put it out there that adra is honestly so amazing because she's 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 like okay we are we're like (laughs) 
Stop, girl, stop. We, we are a two-person, two-woman-led podcast, and yes. we do everything. We do everything for it. Um, and I just want to thank my partner, Ajwa, for just always lining up these great guests um, and it's brought, it's just brought so much life to our podcast and it just continues to feed into our vision of what we want to see our podcast go into. So, um, but you know, I say that because it, it really felt like I knew Lady May from back in the day in the school that I didn't go to with you guys. <laughs> you were there in the classroom with us. I was there. I felt like I was a part of that classroom in Ghana. And so it just felt, you know, it felt really cool listening to her story and it's very inspiring, you know, it I is. feel I feel like a lot of people, just like when we had that interview with Alex, like a lot of those are types of roles that like people would love to do, you know, maybe don't have the guts to, to Mm -hmm. really just throw caution to the wind and go for it. But I feel like those are roles where you're just like, that's amazing that she gets to work with Mm -hmm. celebrities and create these projects and just like beautiful artistry. Yeah. Anyways, before I even say what I have to say, guys, she's sitting here praising me. Listen, this podcast wouldn't exist without Nicole. And I'm saying, like, I literally, this is what I literally do. I just said emails to people. Nicole is the one who edits all of she. First of all, she selects all the songs that you guys hear. She does all the editing because I'm just useless. The only thing I know how to do is press record on Zoom. She's also the one who is posting on social media constantly on our page so that there's some activity. I just sent emails and Girls, calendar you- requests. And that's it. <laughs> Honestly, no. I think, you know. You- you know how hard it is, Edra? Like, just imagine. It is so hard, like, in in our nine-to-fives, for example, yes, getting yeah. people to a meeting. So can you imagine people that don't even know us, mm-hmm. um, and then you have to find a time, and people go back and forth and cancel, and like mm-hmm. Lady May said, you know, not we, you don't see the hard work that people are putting in into mm-hmm. these things, and so... It is a lot of work to do what you do. So I know we just keep going back and forth complimenting <laughs> each other. But all this to say that we are a great duo, I have to say. Yes, that. we are. We are. And the well. thing is, I what I love about our podcast is, and first of all, people, um, we, there's, you know, we might not cry, like, we cry tears because this is not just a podcast. This is our child. Nicole has a physical child, but <laughs> this is our child as well. Because I can, I was telling, I think I was telling a friend yesterday or someone that the voice notes that comes, like me and Nicole, are passing voice notes. We're not even talking about everyday life anymore. Like, oh, this man did this or this girl did this. We're yeah, literally yeah. our communication now has become about this podcast and now we understand why relationships why um couples sometimes forget about their own relationship and it all becomes about the children this is what it has become for us our conversations are really centered around this podcast how to bring um new ideas and you know what we are exhausted it's a long weekend and we are exhausted Boston, Nicole, and, we're, and, we're, and we're doing this on a Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Crazy. We're exhausted. Like, I go to bed and I'm like, oh, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to, you know, you remember, like, oh, it's Saturday. I can sleep until, like, God knows when. And you're like, oh, shit, you have to report. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it's you're, you're, you set an alarm, you get ready, 
prepping these questions. You know, sometimes we're sitting there like, what can you ask? You do all this research. You want to, there's a, there is a tone we also want to set with our mm-hmm. podcast as well. Um, so thinking up all those things and I'm sure all creators out there and talking to my girl yesterday, whose sister is, um, who worked with, um, Beyonce, she was like, listen, I see the work my sister puts in, even in all her work. And you almost realize that she is working harder than someone who is a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, because you literally have to bring this thing in your brain to life and not to say doctors, lawyers don't have these great jobs, but growing up, especially being Africans, we grew up that if you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer, you're not a this, you're not a that, you don't, you're not really employed. And I remember growing up, (laughs) kids who wanted to go into acting or into theater or into film or into whatever, they're like, ah, you want to go and do a can drama, which was the Sunday um, drama series on TV that was based on the quality, wasn't the best quality. So that's the notion. But then you see what Beyonce put out. You see yeah. the podcast that we put out. You see all of these little things that you just see the finished product. But child, the work, like Nicole stays up. Sometimes she'll stay up until <laughs> two, three in the morning editing because she has to have this thing out. And remember, Nicole is a mom <laughs> to a toddler. And she works a full-time job. So she, her, instead of sleeping, she's sitting there putting out content. I will wake up in the morning and I go on and I just see notifications of Fufu and Pap and like, I was asleep. What was you know? Like, but you know what? I think it just, it, it just goes to show that we're so, like, we, we definitely believe in it, you know? Yes. And so, um, um, but anyways, we'd like to thank you for listening to yeah. this episode. I, I yeah. can't even, I think it's probably like episode nine or 10, maybe at this point. Yeah, I think we're at, oh. we're at 10 or 11. I think this is double digit celebration. We can yeah. celebrate that we're at episode 10 and we're, st- <laughs> we're still going strong. So yes. good for us. Yeah. Hi, virtual high five to you. Virtual high five, girl. Virtual <laughs> high five. So I guess we'll catch you guys next week, hopefully, or next time, whenever we put out another podcast. We'll be soon. And make, and make sure to subscribe to follow us on Instagram at Fufu and Pop. Yes, and we're all, all and oh yes, and FYI for our Ghanaians. I know a lot of people have said we're not on Spotify. They, they don't get Spotify in Ghana, but Google Podcasts, and I think I, iTunes and other um, streaming platforms, you can definitely get in Ghana. So check us out on all those other um, platforms. And hopefully Spotify gets to Ghana soon. But hey, soon, you know, we'll be on other forms of media so you can catch yeah. us yeah. you can you can find us somewhere maybe one day we'll be on youtube who knows yeah or you know like netflix <laughs> <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> all right y'all take care we're out bye